Welcome to the Airflow Podcast. I'm your host, Ricky Thomas, and this is the place where Kingdom heirs go to be informed and inspired. So sit back, relax, and flow with me. Welcome back to another episode of the Airflow Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Thomas, and I am so thankful to be back this week. Um, I missed last week, uh, you know, feeling down and had a cold. So, uh, you know, just coughing and everything. And I I didn't want to get on here sounding all nasally and congested and everything. And so my wife told me to stand down and and I, I, I listened um, cause I was going to still try to get this thing out here cause I want to keep everything going on. I want to take a, a week off, but I'm glad I did. Um, I am healed. I thank God for healing me. I thank God for my wife and family looking out for me and I'm back. So, uh, definitely appreciative to my wife. So KK, if you're listening, thank you. I appreciate you. Um, and today I, I really wanted to, it's been in my heart to talk about this and it's something that's near and dear to my heart, but fatherhood um you know one of the things that i've always and i I said i know i said this on different episodes of of the airflow podcast but there's been so many things that so many times that i've mentioned the one of the things that i was so wanting to do with my life is to be a father you know outside of being a husband and you know other aspirations you know obviously you know being a father to me was one of the things that i really wanted to do I wanted to have a family I wanted to have kids um and and not just have them because it's cool to have kids or people think it's cool just to have kids like they're you know little cabbage patch kids and baby dolls and you can dress them up and they're so cute and you know I I I wanted to be a father I signed up for everything I should say for the cuteness for the the ugliness for the the tantrums for the tough conversations I signed up for all of that and and I accept that role and, and so I've been fortunate to grow up around and and I choose to associate with people uh, men who are taking that role seriously um you know and I've said it again I've said it before my I had a great opportunity to see what good fathers are like um, my, my dad, my uncles, older cousins, you know, and this is on both sides of my family, on my mom and my dad's side, I was able to grow up around that. And so that just instilled that want and desire to be a father. And I know sometimes, you know, people hear stuff like that and, and, and they think that because I say you're a good father, you know, um, that means that you're perfect. And that's not what that means. And, and at the same token, being a good father, you know, just understanding what, what being a good father means for kids. It's a big portion. It's a big vital part of raising a child and and moms. I want to make sure you understand this. You know, a good mother is, is essential, very essential and, and a big part of the equation as well. Um, and, and trust me, um, you know, I will be speaking on that a little bit more, 
with mothers and, and I want to have my wife and other mothers on, on the podcast to discuss just motherhood and what it means like to be a mother, um, especially nowadays. But, you know, like like Tupac said and Dear Mama, you are appreciated. You know, mothers are appreciated. But I just want to show some love to the dads, especially since I'm one. Um, and, and I think it's good to do that because I see a lot of times where fathers don't get their just due. And it may not be from the people that are close to them. A lot of times it, it is kind of a perpetuation from you know, as people say, the media or just different things you see a father is usually, you know, struggling with the relationship with the family a lot of times. Um, and there's a lot to be said for that and why that is. And there is some truth to everything, you know, and there's obviously some truth that there are there are fathers out there who are, are not stepping up and, and taking care of business the way that they should and what their kids need. And, and I'll dig into that a little bit more. But You know, I just want to talk through some things about, you know, fatherhood because and being a father and and really what that means, Uh, because, again, fathers are are a major part of the success of a family. And, you know, like I said, just the the, the devaluation that happened, the the devaluation that happens um, when you talk about the importance of fatherhood and how critical a father is in the home. And, and I said in the home and the key part is that in being in the home, you know, I wanted to be a father and raise my kids in a loving home with my wife, their mother. Now, I know that doesn't always happen that way. So before people start freaking out and saying, well, well, you know, sometimes situations change and that is true. But I wanted to make sure that for me and again, this is for me, I wanted to raise my kids inside of a home with their with their mom and I want them to have both their parents because I had that experience now I'm not saying that everything was perfect and we were just you know everybody was just everything was just lovey-dovey there were challenges but there was so much love there that it over overcame the challenges and I got a chance to 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 be around my dad and have him in my life and be an active and participatory father. He wasn't just there. He didn't just go to work and give us money and then just go do his thing. Like he was, he was there. He is there. Even now, even today, my father at 68 years old, he has been just, you know, continuing to, to pour into me and to my kids. And so, you know, my, my brother and my sisters and their families, you know, he's there. Um, and and he helps out, he gives wisdom, and he continues to do that. Um, and that is, for me, the examples that I had, you know, some of the examples and the main example I had of, of, of you know, a good father. Um, and, and just understanding that, you know, even as becoming a father can be overwhelming. Um, and, you know, new for new fathers or just, you know, if you've been a dad and just having kids and, and, and there's a lot of pressure to to take on a lot as a father. Um, and that is that is one of the things that, you know, also I want to discuss in this is because, you know, there's support out there. There's and, and, and well, I'll mention a few groups and Facebook and just other places within. But you know, we've got to be able to support each other, you know, because th- there are there are a lot of fathers who 
want to do good, who who care about doing good and do right by their families, by their by their whether they're married to their their, their children's mother or, you know, they're just trying to make sure that everything is working out for the betterment of that child. Um, and, and that is very important um, through the situation. So I, I want to first talk about some of the qualities of, of, you know, that I look at when I think about what a good father is. Um, and again, some people may have some, you know, they may have, you know, may not have some of those qualities or may, they may have it. They may not have experienced them yet. And that's fine. That That's okay. Because it's a growth process. You don't start off as a father and then everything just, you know, you have everything laid out from day one. Um, you know, I remember bringing home my daughter when she was first born and I remember looking at her and, you know, I was scared out of my mind because, you know, it was, I was responsible for this life. And, and there was a, a there was kind of a, a instinct, a paternal instinct that kicked in it, you know, I just want to make sure that she is safe. She has everything in the world possible. And, you know, you start really thinking about, you know, what you wouldn't do for that child, you know, and, but I was so scared. I was so scared. I had so much anxiety, um, about that, about being a dad. And, you know, it was almost to the place where it's like, before I even got married, like, wow, do I, am I really ready to get married and, and, and take on the responsibilities as a husband and then bring a child into this world as crazy as things are? And this is, you know, back in, you know, 2000, early 2000s, you know, so and you think about where things are in the world, but I knew that was one of the things that I was purposed to do is to be a husband and to be a father. Um, and so that's that's really why I wanted to make sure that, you know, I, I speak on this because, you know, contrary to some belief and it's not I'm not saying everywhere, but contrary to that belief, you know, we are important to the family structure. We are smart. We are not weak. We are emotionally stable. We are aggressive in areas where we need to be. And we are involved. And that was one stereotype. I, you know, I wanted to make sure those are some of the stereotypes I want to make sure that's not there, because, again, you get this portrayal of of men, fathers that that they aren't there. They aren't compassionate. They don't care about their kids. They're just, you know, there to do, you know, they, they had them. They, they enjoyed the process of making them, but they didn't enjoy the process of raising them. And again, there are always exceptions to the rule. There are some that, unfortunately, they, you know, for whatever the situation was, whatever environment they grew up in, you know, they, they don't think like that. Um, so as a father, I just want to make sure you guys understand, you know, and I'm speaking to the dads out there, you know, you are important to the family. You are a role model, you know, you're unconditional in your love. You can be a disciplinarian, you can be a provider and, you know, you can you can definitely love the mother of your children or the mothers of the children. And I say love and, you know, it doesn't mean relationship, but, you know, respect them as best as you can. You know, and sometimes that is the true test, you know, and, and I've heard the stories and I know again, I know I've heard. Uh, thank God I don't have to deal with that 
on a personal level, but I've heard about the horror stories on, on both sides. And so I, I know there can always be a debate. Well, you know, there's the, the dad is this and the mom is that. And you start hearing baby daddy and baby mama, which I don't even like using that term. Truthfully, um, I, I think it, it is definitely it, it's not a term of endearment. It is definitely something that you, a title that you give to somebody who isn't really good at that good at being a father or mother. Um, you have no emotional care for that person. And it, it just creates a toxic environment around that child when you're referring to each other as the baby mama or the baby daddy. If you're doing it, and I mean, I know pe- I, I've heard people play around like that, but you know, when you're serious about it, and there's just so much disdain for that other person. It does create a bad environment. So, you know, we don't have to do that. You know, as as fathers, we don't have to do that. And somebody in a relationship has to take on the bigger role. You know, so. I'm speaking to the dads right now. Why not let it be you if if you're in that kind of situation? So, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, when people say, well, what what does it take to be a good father? Well, you're, you're going to love and protect your kid's mom. And, you know, I'm going to harp on that because it's important to understand you know, that whether you're divorced or single, you know, from, from a father's standpoint, you know, and I know it's going to look a little different um, because it may not be your responsibility because you could be divorced and, you know, your children's mother could have, you know, been remarried in a relationship or whatever. But you still have a certain aspect of protection to um, their mother. And, and that is not to talk down upon them, not to degrade them in front of their, in front of your kids. Um, you know, and, and again, I I know it's difficult. Um, but you have to put some focus into making that relationship, right? If you're in a marriage, you definitely have to put your kids first. And that is just when you talk about godly order, you know, it's God, your spouse, and then your kids. Um, And your focus should be on the wife and making sure that relationship is right. And again, it's not saying that you're not taking care of your kids. You're not loving your kids. That that's not the case, but it's saying that when you, when the, the best way that you can really take care of your kids And really, truly loving your kids is giving them a nurturing environment that they're being taken care in. When you're raising kids in turmoil and strife and and everything else, and then you want to send them on their way and expect them to develop, you know, a loving and loving relationships or develop loving relationships in their life and and other things they do. You know, it's kind of crazy. You know, you, you, you create all kind of hell in the household And then you expect the kids to go out into the world with this kind of loving, nurturing feeling that's going to support them and help and guide them through some of the toughest times that they may face, you know, in transitions. And that's that's tough. But when, you know, your marriage is good and nurtured, you know, and your kids are going to be nurtured through that and your family is going to, you know, be taken care of all around. So it doesn't matter how well you love the kids you know, um, it it really matters if you're taking care of the marriage. So that's important when you start talking about, 
you know, married couples. And then if you're divorced and, and everything, you know, again, I know sometimes there's restraining orders, there's other things that stop you, but you can still take the role of saying, I'm going to at least do my part and making sure that I'm trying to be cordial in the relationship. Because again, there's nothing more that a child will want to see, especially if they're, if his parents have been divorced or separated and they're going through turmoil and, and they've just been around that because the kids pay attention and they know that kind of stuff, but it's important for them to be able to see, you know, uh, co-parenting to see, conversations together to see, you know, if there's a, if there's something going on that you guys are making decisions together, it's not you against them, you know, and I, and my wife and I spoke about that in the previous episode where we talked about how the kids will try to play us against each other to get what they want, you know, and our kids have learned over the years, like, no, you can't go to one of us. We're going to have conversations. We're going to communicate. And you can still do that, you know, within a separated relationship. It doesn't mean that you can't, or at least you can try to. And, and I just, I want to encourage you to to continue to try. Um, and again, I know every situation isn't the same. It's not always easy. And, and everybody can tell me that, yes, that is not always true. I get it. And I'm not oblivious to that. And I'm not naive to that. I'm just saying it's better to raise them and, and, and have them in a situation where there is at least an understanding and agreement. And then from your perspective as a dad, like I'm doing what I can to make sure that they, that my kids don't feel the animosity from my perspective, you know? Um, and, and it, and it, sometimes it takes you to be the leader and break the ice. And sometimes it's the mom. I mean, it just depends. But again, the sense the focus is on, fathers, then I'm speaking to the dads. Take that opportunity to break that ice and just say, you know what? I would rather for us to be cool and cordial than to sit here and fight all the time and then have our kids because that it's toxic and it, 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 it spills down to the kids and then it spills into their relationships to either where they're so overly against not being married or not wanting to have relationships because they saw how how your relationship with their mother fell apart or they become so dependent on their on being in a relationship that they don't have time to develop themselves because they just throw everything they they can into that relationship um, because they think it's something good and and they're very dependent on that. And, And that can be a problem as well. So, you know, there's a whole slew of things that you can look at in that, but you know, again, that's what I want to make sure that we call out, you know, Try everything you can because your kids will will love and respect you for that at the end of the day. Um, you know, obviously, there's always the 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 thing that a, a good father provides for his family. Um, and and if you poll most people, they'll probably say that the primary role of a father is to provide. It it's it can be stereotypical, um, and. I think I want to, you know, I want to say that being a provider is not the only role of a father. Being a provider is not the only role of a father. Um, it's an important role. And I think it's it's part of what has been historically used to define a dad. Um, Sometimes I think it's overly used because it, it is always being a provider from a financial standpoint. 
you know, some people are like, hey, I pay child, I get child support taken out. So I'm providing for my kids. I'm a good father because they get everything that they need from me. And in terms of, a, you know, from a financial standpoint. And, you know, I'm here to say that while that is cool that you are financially taking care of your children, but that's something you should do. But being there for them, you know, in those tough situations or being there for them to celebrate those those birthdays and not just birthdays, but, you know, those school plays or the first basketball game or, you know, the first band uh, recital that they have or whatever it is that they do being a part of that. You know, you're providing your attention to them, you know, being a provider, you're providing your emotion to them. You're giving them, you know, your presence. That is so important. And again, it's more than just food, water, and shelter, you know, and I, and I joke, I joke with my kids sometimes. They're like, Oh, where are we going to get the kids for Christmas? You know, and we don't really do a lot of stuff like that for Christmas because we just celebrate each other. You know, we'll, we would rather take a trip somewhere than to go buy a bunch of gifts because the memories we create on that trip is more important than, you know, buying a bunch of trinkets that they'll probably start playing with in, you know, a few months after they have it. So we got to this place of making memories and just really understanding that for us, that is, you know, one of the main reasons for the Christmas and holiday season. But again, that's another message down the line. Um, But it's more than just showing up for birthdays and holidays and bringing gifts. You know, that is not, you know, providing, you know, providing, you can say providing is, you know, being able to hold down the job. It doesn't mean that you have to, to be making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, but are you consistently, you know, working and keeping money coming in so that you guys can do something, you know, especially if you're in a marriage, you know, are you holding down a job or is it always I'm in between jobs? You know, sometimes it gets to the place where you're more in between jobs than you are holding down a job. And sometimes it's it's sacrificing, it's sacrificing, you know, to be in, in a in a place of making sure that 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 income is coming in until the next thing till you get the next thing. You know, now there there's always situations. So I always have to put out the caveat that, you know, if you've got some mental health issues and, and you in the job is is causing you physical harm and it's going to potentially take you away from your family because you're going to be hurt from doing it, then that's a different situation. But if you're just like, oh, I work here, I work there, you know, you know, I'm going to demonstrate, I'm demonstrating poor work ethic. You know, that's something that you're providing, you know, you're not providing value to your kids because you're not showing them the value of hard work. And, and, and you can be remote worker, you know, like now, you know, most people, a lot of people now are going to be remote workers. Doesn't mean that you still don't work hard. Or you could be somebody that's an entrepreneur. You can be somebody who's, you know, making money off of the Internet or just different. There's so many different ways that you can make income. But showing your kids that there's 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 stability from that standpoint is providing, um, you know, and, and it's definitely showing that that you can that you are you care about the well-being of your child, you know, from a financial and just you know, just the overall sense that you're willing to do whatever you can to provide for them, but also to be there, you know, and, and I say that because some people will take it, well, I'm hustling to do everything I can for my family. 
I'm thinking about them and you may be, but you're not fully thinking about them because if you were, you know, put yourself in a position where you're not going to potentially be taken away from the family, which of course puts you in a whole different situation and puts the family in a situation that you don't want to be in. Um, you know, when you think of a good father, a good dad, they're disciplinarians. And again, doesn't mean that that's the only role and the only people that can discipline in the family is a father. But, you know, again, traditionally, that is that is how it's been, you know, is that the father is a disciplinarian. Um, but it's not just about whoopings and everything else. You know, it's it's kind of it's making sure that you're talking to the kids. You're giving them reasons behind things. I know people, you know, old school, which, you know, I grew up that way. It's like, I don't have to give you a reason. Just do what I say. And, and that is very true. But at the same time, it's getting them to understand what the situation is, because there's so much knowledge. There's so much information that's out there. And some of it is just wrong information that kids can get their hands on. Spending that time to talk to them, you know, about why they're being disciplined and understanding what the consequences of the actions was, you know, or were, you know, um, you know, I've had conversations, you know, with people who have tempers. You know, I think about my, you know, my, my son, you know, he's 15 and he's a great kid, but he has moments where he'll get these little tempers if he feels like he got embarrassed or something like that. And so I tell him about that. You know, if he gets to a place where he he might be, you know, the, in a bad situation, just had a bad day or something and he acts a certain way and, you know, you call him out on it and he doesn't like it. You know, he tends to pull back some. And I tell him, you got to be careful about that because there are people in public that that will trigger them to think that, you know, you become a threat at that point. You're you're. You know, you're you get embarrassed and then you want to talk back a little bit and you want to kind of get an attitude. And, you know, instead of just using your words and just, you know, talking about what it is, what it is that's bothering you or what the trouble is. So that way we can work through it and, and giving him a place to vent. So in having these conversations, it's like you got to be careful because and I hate that I have to have that kind of conversation with my child. But, you know, these days you got to do what you got to do as a father. Um but it's about being consistent in how you discipline, you know, being firm, but then being loving in the actions. And sometimes it's about being firm, 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 but there's no loving behind it. You know, uh, you know, you'll hear like the dad's it's the father's job to beat the kids and then it's the mother's job to patch them up and send them on, and love on them and send them on their way, you know. Um, and that's not true because you don't want to have that because then the kids will feel like your kids will feel like they can't come to you. Um, or they can't talk to you about problems or, you know, be open and honest with you about things because they only see you in this one role and as a disciplinarian and that's it. So there's a balance in that, you know, it's love that has to come with it. Sometimes it's a conversation and it may not be during the point of discipline, but it, it but it, it should happen at some point, but that's what a good dad does. They take that time to at least have those conversations. Um, you know, and a good, a good dad is, is, you know, a good father is not just focused on raising good kids, but it's really about preparing the kids for the future. And sometimes that's hard to do when they're younger. Um, and, I, and I see that even with my three kids, you know, in different stages, sometimes it can be somewhat of a challenge 
um, to have those kind of conversations with them or, or, you know, to, to discipline them to be a certain way as a kid when they are just kids, you know, when you really think about it in the grand scheme of things, our kids are going to spend more time as, as an adult than they are as a kid, God willing, you know, you're only going to be a kid up to a certain point. You know, if the average lifespan is 70 something years, you're going to be an adult more than you're going to be a kid. So, you know, one of the things that you really got to think about is as a father, you know, you want to make sure that you are taking some time to raise, you know, well-behaved kids. And that's something that you and your wife or, you know, the child's mother should be focusing on. But the other part is, you know, the main part should be giving them the tips, tools and techniques that help them to be good adults who are productive you know, in society. And, you know, that's, that's, it it can be challenging at times because you don't want to tell a five-year-old that you're behaving like a five-year-old and discipline them with the expectation that they should act like they're 15 or 18 years old. That's not realistic. Um, And in some ways you want to, you have to have some leeway. There's some things that you got to, that you can't tolerate and you shouldn't tolerate, like talking back, disrespect, certain things like that. But in other ways, you know, sometimes you just got to let kids be kids. Kids are going to be goofy. Kids are, their brains are still forming. You know, um, they're still developing. They are going to, you know, do things that, that kids do. Um, And we don't, you don't really talk about that enough because everything is about showing your kids acting like a grown up. We've taken away from a societal standpoint, we've taken away the enjoyment of the innocence of kids youth and before we give them the weight of the world like these kids are taking on the weight of the world before their brains are even developed at a place where they can even understand the the magnitude of what's going on in in their world because they're so open to everything i mean and that is the 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 beauty of technology is you can learn things very quickly and you have access to you know, so much data instantly. But the drawback from that is you have access to data instantly. And if you don't have filters, you know, whether it's cyber filters for your devices or if it's you as a parent to be able to filter what your kids are doing, what you give them access to either through those tools that are, you know, digital tools or, you know, physical tools or just, you know, having conversations to make sure you understand like, well, what are you watching and why are you watching this? And, you know, just keeping up with that. And and it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge with, with parenting. It's a challenge with raising kids, but the, the end goal of all of this is to make sure that you're creating a well-adjusted adult and sometimes you you have to do a little work to shelter your kids. You can't just give the kids an iPad or a tablet and give them access to the Internet and without any level of filter and expect them not to stumble onto stuff. They could hear a word and type it in and, and that word could be, you know, synonymous with something that is of adult material. And now the kids are exposed to certain things that they don't need to. And because you don't have a filter, any any kind of filter through the, your your device, they're seeing whatever is out there and their world is opened up. 
you know, letting kids. I remember there was a big craze of kids watching YouTube videos about fights and they're just watching people fight and get beat up and all these other things. And it just like they become numb to violence. They become numb to people getting shot and killed. And it, it just you think about that, it changes the way that that they view the world because that innocence is gone at that point. You know, it's bad enough that some environments that kids are raised in, they get they see that on a daily basis. And and, and again, it, it's unfortunate. But as a father, you know, helping to make sure that that they are being guided to be more so well-adjusted adults. They're they're allowed to be kids to a point, but they're also getting the discipline they need. And then they're able to to grow into adulthood with with some proper tools. And as a father, it is our role to really help to guide that. And, and that is something, again, working with the mother to make sure that whether it's your wife or their mother, work, making sure that they understand, too, what the goal is and what you're trying to do. It's not that we want them to 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 grow up fast we or we just OK with everything they do because they're kids. But it's creating that boundary and those and those about ba- that balance to make sure that, you know, my end goal is to make sure that when I'm gone and I'm no longer here, that I know that I product I, I help to raise somebody who is taking care of business and, and, and is a responsible, respectful adult. Not thinking everything is cute because they dance and do stuff that adults do. And it's funny because they're so little and they do that stuff and you laugh at it. But then you know, other people are turning side eyes at it. Like, why are you allowing your child to be, to act like they act or act like something that they're not, you know? And, and, and that attitude and stuff grows with the child and I've seen it so many times. So, um, that, that's something that's important. Another thing you can think about when you talk about, you know, a good father is a good father leads by example. You know, you hear it in the Bible. The, the father is called to be the priest, prophet and king of the house. Um, you you are the leader. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be the the you make the most money. It doesn't mean that your voice is the loudest. But, you know, when when God calls upon, you know, he when he when you go back to Adam and Eve, when you start talking about that, he didn't call upon Eve and why she did what she did. It was Adam. It's your fault. You should have made sure that that was taken care of. You should have put the boundaries out there and made sure that your mate understood the assignment. And and so it started from that point and it just kept moving on. So understanding that, you know, your role as a leader and as a father will diminish if you're not leading by example. Your kids are watching. Our kids watch us. They watch, and again, I know they watch the moms too, but the focus on the father, and I'm going to keep saying that because I just want to make sure I'm not excluding you guys. I'm just, the focus is on fathers. But the, our children watch us. They watch everything we do. And most of the time, they forget the stuff we say, but they remember what we do. And we think, oh, they're too young to pay attention. They don't know. I remember stuff about my father and my mom and just, you know, as a as a young child, I remember things that I saw so many times because I it was something that I saw over and over again. And and that's how I know that, you know, kids listen. I mean, and they look, they see, not listen, but they look and they see and they understand based off of what we do, our actions. Um 
you know, you can tell you, we can tell our kids all day to be, be respectful to adults and be polite to people and treat people with respect. But then every turn we go, you know, we talk crazy to a waiter because they messed up something and, you know, they made a mistake. And now we want to call everything and, and raise all kind of, of, of hell because, you know, something bad happened, but we're teaching our, we, we want to tell our kids, Hey, be respectful. You know, you, you get respect. If you give respect, you want to tell them those things or, you know, people that are driving crazy, you're yelling and screaming at them, honking your horn. And, and then on the other end, you want to say, you shouldn't do that because, you know, people out there today are dangerous. They're they're They'll shoot you. There's road rage and all this other stuff, but you're out here doing it because you're grown and you, but you know, you're telling your, your child or your teenager who's going to be driving soon. Like you shouldn't do that. You know, they're seeing that kind of stuff. And that's just that's just a basic example. But, you know, our kids are good at detecting, you know, kind of that 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 BS meter. You know, they know they can see inconsistencies that, you know, of how many of us behave. So it's it's up to us to make sure that, you know, we are leading by example. And I'm talking to the fathers. You know, and you think because they don't physically see it, sometimes they got instincts that you just don't know. Kids have discernment just like we do as adults. You know, and you go back and just think about some of the things you dealt with, you did as a kid. And you think of some of the things that you heard your parents do that you thought you was being slick about, but you knew your parents were doing it. Why don't you why don't you think that that can't happen with you? So, again, I'm not saying that you got to walk on eggshells and, and and, you know, be perfect in everything you do. You want to strive to be the best. And sometimes you may fall short, but just make sure you understand that 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 is a very important part of it is leading by example. Um, next thing is, you know, as a dad, you should be a servant leader. A good dad, a good father should be a servant leader. Um. And, and, and having the ability to serve is important. It is a very important part of what we do um, as a father. And it's not just about telling people that you're leading what, what to do. You get in there with them and you do it. I can't tell my, my son to take the trash out if he never sees me do it. I can't tell my son when he's with my, you know, my daughter, his sister, or he's with his mother. I can't tell him, hey, you get out, you pump the gas for for them. If they stop at the gas station. If I don't do it, I can't expect my sons, either of my sons to open the door for their mom. Um, if, if they don't see me do it. See, there's things that they've seen me do over and over again that they just instinctively do because they, they think that that is the right thing to do. Now that's with something good. So imagine if I was doing something wrong, see if you're being a servant leader, servant leader is about serving them and doing things and understanding that it's not about you, but it's about helping them to learn how to do things for themselves or how to do things for other people. And then being able to take that into being, you know, a better person. That is that is what the, the goal is with all of that. So being being a servant leader, you know, it, it applies to fatherhood. You know, it's about serving your kids as well. You know, 
And people say, well, what differentiates a servant leader from other leaders? Well, you know, humility is one thing. You know, humility, do you think you are too good to do certain things? Um, Are you after any kind of attention? You know, because somebody who's at humility, they're not after any attention. They're 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 okay with others getting praise. And that is that is for some people that might be difficult. They're not afraid of hard work. Um, And then they're, they're selfless. That is, you know, when you think about your family, you can't focus on yourself if you're, you know, and I know everybody has those moments where they're just like, hey, I need to take a second out for me. And that's okay. I say that 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 is okay because, you know, again, it's kind of like being on the airplane. When they say when if the aircraft should get any kind of trouble, the oxygen levels drop, what happens? The mask comes down and they say they tell you put the mask on yourself first and then help those around you that need the help whether it's somebody who's younger um, that may not be able to do it, or if it's somebody who's just physically incapable or, you know, just struggling with the, with the process. And that's because you can't help your, you can't help others if you can't help yourself. So, but that's not really, you know, that's not what we're trying to focus on. We're just saying that the main thing that you do is you put yourself in position that you can always think about your family, think about your kids, no matter how tired you are, you know, you always have the energy to try to play with them if they're young or spend some time with them, you know, play a sport with them if they play sports or, you know, if they if you've got kids who are, you know, in ballet or, you know, whatever, whatever the, the thing is, music or arts or whatever it is, you're taking time to participate with them, taking time. You may be, and you may be tired and there's so many times that you have been, but Again, that's one of the characteristics, you know, as a servant leader, you're taking that time to to go into that. So just remember that, you know, as a parent, as a father, it's not just about do as I say and not as I do. It's not just about, you know, I'm I'm telling you to do this. It's standing out there saying, hey, I'm willing to do all these things and I've done all these things. You know, I'm telling you to do this because it's going to help make you a better person. And, and with that, you know, kind of going to the next thing is a, a father, you should be supportive to you. A good father, you should be a supportive to your kids. You should strive to be that even when times are hard, you should want to do it because you understand that, you know, when when the kids are young and as they get older, it's going to be very important. You know, I mentioned earlier with my dad, you know, he was supportive of me when I was when I was a kid. You know, he's supportive, came to, you know, drive me, drove me to practice, took me to do different things, you know, took me to baseball games when to when I was playing baseball and learning how he would drive me, take me to Detroit Tigers games and do things with me and support me in different ways. Um, and now as an adult, he's still finding ways to support me, helping me out with things around the house. You know, we got a, a new house and he's like looking at stuff and saying, hey, I think this would be perfect for your house or giving me some ideas just because of the knowledge that he's gained. So He's always striving to do that. His role as a father never changed because now I'm a father. I'm an adult. You know, he's 69 I'm or he's about to be 69. I'm 43. But his role as a father has never changed. He's never wavered. It, it just shifts in certain ways, but he's always there to support me. And that's important. And as a child, he you know, when I was young, you know, he was building that foundation that I was going to need going down the road. And some of it wasn't verbal. 
as I mentioned, some of it was just by example, just by the actions he did. And, and that helped me. My, my uncles, you know, my older cousins, it was just some of the actions that they did that it wasn't about the lip service. It was about putting in the work and, and, and doing it. And, and to me, that was so important. And that that's why I was definitely, you know, so excited to, about, about becoming a father. Uh, father should be slow to anger. Um, and, and then when I say slow to anger is, you know, you have to be understanding with the kids that, you know, if the first thing you do is pop off and become angry and you're ready to jump down their throat every time they do something wrong, especially as the male figure, they're going to cringe up and they're not going to want to come to you for anything, you know, Telling, you know, having empathy for your children, you know, telling a kid that it's soft to cry, that ain't that's not really the deal anymore. You know, I was raised somewhat like that. You know, it wasn't so much as beaten into me like, you know, some people had. But I just grew up in around that era. So for me, it was just like, OK, if you cry, you 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 being which people say you being a punk. Quit crying. You know, boys don't cry. You know, suck it up. Quit acting like a girl, which is disrespectful to ladies. But, you know, that's what you're told. And, you know, we started to normalize some of these behaviors that, you know, we get angry when they do something wrong. We're getting mad and our emotions get crazy. And then it's always like fathers are portrayed as or will be portrayed as being the angry ones of the family. We get loud and usually we're the loudest or, you know, our voices are our voices are deeper in most most times and physically bigger and, you know, different things like that. So you think about, you know, you go back to some of the shows back in the day, like good times, you know, James Evans. Everybody was scared of James Evans as a father. I mean, his nostrils would flare up and he would look at you and, you know, like he would tear somebody up. You know, and that was just kind of the mindset of, you know, that tough father role. And there was it wasn't about the emotional love and, you know, hugging and and talking to the kids. But then they they did put some of that in there. But what is the thing that you most remember for those that watch Good Times? It was that James was angry. He was angry. He didn't play. And that was daddy. You didn't want to tell daddy nothing wrong because daddy didn't want you and get daddy mad. Um and it's not to say that you don't get angry. I'm not saying good fathers don't get angry. You're going to get angry, but it, it's how you handle the emotions is how you act out, you know, um, and that is a real test of fatherhood is how you handle those emotions. And again, kids are watching that. Your your sons are watching. Your daughters are watching and they want to see like, OK, well, this is how dad handles situations. So when he got upset about something or I did something wrong, this is how he responded. So. You know, either your kids are going to follow that trailer and be like, I'm not going to respond. I'm going to learn and not do that because I didn't like what my dad did it. So, you know, just be be mindful of that. You know, learn how you handle situations when you get angry. If you need to, if you the type of person that have have anger issues, and you got to step away, step away, you know, and just say, OK, you know, tell them whatever you got to tell them and say, we're going to come back and talk once we cool down. And that's hard to do. That is hard to do, especially for me, because I want to get it knocked out in that situation. I want to get it taken care of so I can move on. I don't want to let it linger. But again, it, it, it's it, it's tough. It, it's a challenge. Um, next thing is a good father 
you know, loves his kids. And, and I think that goes without saying, you know, you can discipline, um, you can discipline your kids, but when they, they say discipline without love breeds resentment. So understanding that a good father loves his kids doesn't mean that you don't discipline them, but you still love them. They should never wonder if you love them. If your children wonder that, and sometimes you may have to ask them that, but, you know, children should be able to find peace and comfort and they should be able to find consistency in your love. It's not lip action, but they know you love them because of the actions, because you're talking to them, because you're playing with them, because you want to be around them. If 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 you tell your kids you love them, but then you never want to be around them or you never make it a, a habit to see them or be around them or spend time with them, um, even when they're in your same household, then that's a problem because they look at it like, well, you're not showing me love, you know, and, and, and again, that's understanding people's love language, which is a whole different thing. Um, you know, fathers, again, a good father is patient and, you know, understanding that, you know, that there, there's the state, the old saying that patience is a virtue. Um, but as a father, you, you know, your family will test your patience a little bit and that's going to happen on a regular basis basis. And it's not that they're purposely seeking to do it. It's just living out each day. But we, we are called to pass that test. You know, how we react to circum to certain circumstances, you know, is really going to be def- how we are defined as fathers in our kids eyes. You know, if you if you think of or, you know, the thought of teaching, you know, our child, our children immediately, you know, it just how we teach them comes to mind, how you handle how you handle it when you're teaching your kids a skill. I can say that, you know, there are times when especially and I, I'm trying to get better at that, but there are times when I go through and I try to show the kids how to do something, whether it's basketball or whether it's their their schoolwork and, you know, I was less patient than my wife. So they would go to her. Now it wasn't because I taught it differently in terms of the the information. It was the delivery of it. It was because I was getting frustrated that they didn't pick certain things up or I felt that they were not really focused on doing it the right way. They were trying to get out of it or, you know, my wife and I have had this conversation. I'm like, I feel like they're trying to, trying to bypass really learning this. They just want us to give them the answer. They just want us to show us, show them how to do it the easy way so they can hurry up and get the the assignment done. And so I would get frustrated. I would get angry, um, raise my voice at times. And, and, you know, that's something that's not right because it doesn't, because it makes them not want to come to me. So when they have work, they go to my wife and it frustrates my wife because it's like, Hey, you need to watch that because you know your kids don't want to come to you and and it's a lot of stuff that you know it's not that I'm not capable of doing it and like I said I give them the right answers and I mean not to give them the answers but I give them the right information and explain it to them the same way she does it's just I don't I, I get impatient with things so again that is something that is very important as a good father and that's something that I got to keep doing now I'll be encouraging but it's kind of like, you know, you're giving them this 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 conflicting report. It's like you're you're impatient, but you're encouraging them. So 
it's confusing. And and even as I sit here right now, think about that, that, that is, that is, um, you know, that's something that I've got to continue to work on. So again, I'm saying these traits and all these things that are, are representative of a good father, but you know, those are things that's a lot of these things I'm still working through. Um, but I want to work through them. So I'm holding myself accountable and I'm thankful I have a wife and a partner who holds me accountable in this as well. Uh, one of the things that I think is very key to being a good father is being dependable. You know, you should be a man of your word and your family should be able to count on you. Um, you know, if you say something's going, if you're saying, you know, you're going to do something, you know, um, the kids, your family should should know that it's going to happen. If dad says I'm going to do this, you know, they can go to sleep on it. You know, if you say you're going to be there for something, an event or something they have going on, be there. Now, again, there's always extenuating circumstances to why you can't something you may not have to miss or you may have to break your word. But it, when it be, it's more so when it becomes a habit. If it's always like, yeah, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I promise you I'm going to be there. But up, oh, work came up, you know, and work came up. I had to do this for work and do this for work. And for me, it was getting to be that point for a while. So I had to make a decision. It's like I can't keep saying, well, y'all want to y'all want me to make money so we can go do these nice things and this, that and the other. That's 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 not an excuse, because what happens is the money becomes, you know, like I don't care about the job. You know, I don't care about the money. I want you. And and that's a tough pill to swallow because you're thinking I'm busting my butt to provide. But my kid just wanted to see my face out there supporting him at, you know, at whatever event he had going on. If he had parent teacher conferences out of school, if whatever it was, that's all he wanted or she wanted. So, you know. Knowing that they can depend on us, you know, you don't you never want to hear your kids say, I can't depend on dad being there. When that happens, that's hard to get back. That That's a trust and that's a dependability that is hard to get back on. Um, your kids need to know that you're compassionate. And again, that that is it's more than just, you know, a, a, a saying things. It's it's a feeling. It's it's a you know, it's a sense that you truly have sympathy, um, not just for your kids, but for other people. You know, if some something happens to somebody like the care, fact that you care because if you create an environment like oh, I don't care about like so-and-so at school, their parent, you know, one of their parents died and you just say, oh, that's too bad for them and just keep moving on. You know, your kid's going to be like, man, that's kind of cold, you know, or such and such got in an accident and you just say, oh, they shouldn't have been doing this. You didn't even know, but they shouldn't have been doing this. And you just kind of blow it off or, you know, portray the situation is different. That is that's something that's going to stick with the kids. And again, you know. Your, your your child is going to look at that and say, you know, there's no compassion. And then, you know, for the next 10 years, they're going to think the world is ending, you know, every time something bad happens because they don't have, you know, or they don't have the compassion. They don't have, you know, skills like that. They They don't understand. So we don't have to like it, but we can coach them out of certain situations. We can teach them that. You know, life, life is more than what you see. We can have compassion about their situation and, and help them understand, you know, that 
it's okay to feel that way, but I'm here. You know, one of the things that my kids used to, when they got older and they started to get exposed to other things in the world, they started realizing that people weren't as nice as what they thought they were. And this is especially with my daughter. She was just, you know, my wife mentioned this on a previous episode. She would be the type that she just loved everybody. She would run up to you and just give you a big hug. And, you know, she would, she, she didn't think anything of it because she thought everybody needed a hug and everybody loved her and everybody had great intentions for her. And, you know, we had to have a conversation with her. Like, it's not good to go hug people. I know that you have a good, you have a good heart and you have good intentions, but everybody isn't like that. Um, and then over the years, she started seeing certain things when you start seeing kids being kidnapped and, and the way things started happening, you know, it, you know, start really the human trafficking was really becoming a big thing. And I was explaining those things to her and getting her to understand them. And she was like, why would people do that? And it, it, it hurt her. Now I could have been the hard nosed father, like I'll oh, suck it up. You know, this is just the world we live in and you just got to understand, just listen to us. When we tell you, no, I had to sit her down and talk to her, my wife and I, and we, we had to show her love and just, talk to her in a way that she understood that, you know, there are still good people in the world, but you got to be careful now. You've got, you got to know that everybody isn't necessarily for you. Um, and it, it is big because the world opens up to them and, you know, as it, as it starts to open up more and more, um, you know, that is something that we really have to have to be aware of and that they do need compassion. Um, running out to the last couple, you know, uh, a good father's playful, you know, it's nothing like, you know, for me doing things and playing with my kids being silly, even to the point where my wife is like, okay, y'all are being too much. I'm like, oh, we just having fun, you know, and she plays with them too. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it's good that both of us can, can have those moments where we're jumping around and, you know, yelling and acting goofy and silly and, you know, but it means a lot. And I, I, we started at a young age. So as a father, it was important for me to do that because again, I go back to my dad used to do that. My friends used to come over and my dad would be sitting there making crazy noises and, you know, everybody just crack up. And people used to always say, man, your dad is so funny. You know, he, he's so fun and this, that, and other. And I'll be sitting up there sometimes like, yeah, he fun until he got to whip your butt for something. And then it's like, oh, he ain't fun, but you know, he did it. He he did it. Whether it was anybody around, he would just act crazy sometimes. And even now, my grandkids think my dad is like the funniest person ever. You know, and I sit there when I was a kid, I used to get embarrassed. And now I'm just like, he just loves to have a good time with his family. And, and, and that's who he is. And, and I do that. So I see a lot of those traits in me. And, you know, of course, kids learn a lot through having fun and playing. You know, it's, it, everything can't be just about being serious. You know, we were all kids at some point and, and sometimes it's just about playing. You know, it's not about just a lesson to be learned. Sometimes it's just enjoying a good time. And that's important. Um, as I mentioned before, kind of in some of the other things is a good dad is present, but not just present. You're involved. Um, you know, we know. We know kind of what happens with the absent when a father is absent. Some of us have grown up without a father. Um, that's present, you know, some of you that are listening right now didn't have the, uh, the best relationship with your dad for whatever the reason was, you know, or the reasons are they, they just weren't present. Um, and it, it's okay. You know, if you came up in that, but now as a father, you got to make sure that 
you're there. It's important. It's just not about working and providing for the family, you know, and again, it's a role, but it's not the only role. You know, and it's, you know, the interesting thing, you know, is the interesting thing to us or to our kids being a provider would not be the most important role to them. And you'll see that, you know, kids, everybody likes a, you know, likes you to buy stuff, but your kids would just love you to be sitting there and smiling and spending time with you, you know, and you got to think, you know, you got to think, you know, what is what is your ability to be present in your life? What does it mean? What does that what does that mean? Is it is it? you know, both physical and emotional. Yes. And mental. Yeah. It, it, you've got to be present all around. It's not just being there. You know, I, I've know, I know plenty of people who have fathers who have lived with them, but had no real relationship with them. They were just physically there. There was no emotional, mental, you know, kind of presence or, 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 um, involvement in their kids' lives. So, again, it's not just about being there. If your mind is somewhere else, your kids sense that. It's like, well, dad is here, but he's doing his thing. He where is he at? He's out doing whatever he enjoys. You know, he you know, he he's not really thinking about us. The family's sitting down talking. Dad is always gone somewhere else. You know, he's 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 always away. He doesn't like to spend time together. He doesn't want to go out to eat together. He doesn't want to do this. You know, dad is just he goes to work, he comes home and goes to wherever he goes and he does his thing. And then the mom sits there with the kids. That's not a good father. It's not a good father at all. And the last thing I want to really touch upon is um, a good father is proactive and, and not reactive. I think most of us know the difference. You know, proactive means, you know, you if you see something that needs to be fixed or that should be fixed, or you see something going the wrong way and you know you need to change it, you make the change when you see it at that point. Reactive is something happens and you change it after the fact. So, you know, if you see your kids doing something going down the wrong way, you know, you, you've got to you've got to try to catch it early. You got it when you see it, you speak on it, you act on it. And, and it doesn't have to be in an angry way, um, but it can just be, you know, it can just depend. I mean, it's it, sometimes it's your parenting style with your kids, you know, um, but how you resolve problems before they become problems. You don't wait and let them linger, linger, linger. And then you want to blow up at your children and, and your family because then, you know, it's it's a bad way. But you have to learn how to also adjust yourself and your your mannerisms and your temper or whatever else it is to be able to call it out at that time. So that way it, it's it's it'll be received in the right way. But the biggest thing is you want to resolve problems before they become problems. If you see attitudes or if you see behaviors within your kids that don't seem to be right, talk to them right then and there. Get it squared away. Help them understand what they what you see and, and why they why you feel like it's going that way. Now, again, with most of these people will say that this can be the same thing that a mother can do and all these these kind of characteristics or attributes. And, and it's it's true. A lot of them are. But I feel like it's good for us to talk about this from the father standpoint, because, like I said before, I am a father and, you know, the, the role of a family and part of, you know, taking over the, the mountains 
of this world, you know, family is one of those mountains and, and a father has a very vital role as, as a, in, in this process. You know, I say it before I've said it before. I'll say it again. You know, a, a, a mother does a great role, but she wasn't created to be a father or to teach her kids or to give her kids the 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 kind of um, attention that a father can give or the love that a father can give that that's not their role. And they try. And I've seen it so many times where single mothers, they try to do everything they can, but it's it's different when you have a love from a father the same way that a, a father can't teach and give the love that a mother can give. It's just different. Um, so just just really thinking through that, you know, I want you as fathers, everybody that's listening, that's a father. I want you to just know that your role is very, very, very important to your kids life, your family. You know, if you look up the definition, you know, of, of fatherhood or fatherhood as itself, you know, it's the state of having one or more children. You know, it's a very basic thing, you know, from that definition It's just having children. But it's so much more than that. It's so much more than, than that. And all those characteristics are talking about. I talked about, you know, a father is a mentor, you know, somebody that you're going to look up to. You're going to love, rely on and respect. And I talked about some of those characteristics. Um, and a father, you know, a parent at some stage, you know, and I talked about this can be a friend to a point. Um, but he's somebody that you, um, whose love and provision and protectance, protection and presence, advice, discipline, and encouragement all together prepare you and prepare your children for, for life. And they set them up to be the best person that they can be so they can achieve greatness. And, you know, I'm so thankful for my father because I feel like that he prepared me. And it's not necessarily from always the things he said. It was the things he did. It was his presence. It was the action. It was his involvement. Um, and even to this day, it's still that way. So I want to encourage, you know, all the fathers out there, even those who feel like they didn't match up to any of those characteristics or hardly any of them. The, the beauty of it is you woke up today and you're listening to this. So there's still an opportunity to change. There's still an opportunity. If you've got a if you've got a breath in your body, there's always an opportunity to change. As long as God is on the throne and he's there, he's always there. And you wake up and you wake up each day. There is an opportunity to create change and you can always learn and get one percent better each day. You know, it may start with a letter to your child. It may start with preparing or sorry, repairing the relationship with their mother first and reaching out to them to get that part right. And then from there, building that relationship with their with your children so that they understand, you know, that you went through some hard times. They understand they hear from you. And it's not about making excuses It's for them to at least understand where you were, but what you would like to do. And then work with them and, and the mother, if they're with their mother or if they're older, just working with them to get to a place where you are, you are better. If you're married and you know, you haven't been doing these things, you know, it's, it's never too late. You know, I always say I would rather make sure that my kids know that I love them so much, you know, while I'm here than to wait until I'm gone. And then, you know, it becomes a big problem. You know, you never want people to, you never want to find out 
you know, or not be able to repair relationships or fix things or, or be the person that you know you can be. You don't want to wait until either that person that you're trying to fix it with is gone or you're gone and you can't do anything. And then they're left with this void of not having that that relationship with you as a father. So, again, you know, we're as heirs, we are called to to conquer these mountains and family is very important as a father. You are extremely important in the role of your children and your family overall. So understand that the fatherhood is, 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 is a community. It is, it is a role. It is a, a, a vital piece of raising children. It's a vital piece of building families and building this society and building our nation. You know, fatherhood is, is a, a great thing. And we've got to make sure that we are continuing to develop that and continue to talk about that and talk about it in a positive way, because there's so many times we can focus on the negative. But, you know, we're not focused on the negative. We're we're heirs of the kingdom. We're focusing on those things that we can do to make it better and where we can make changes and how we can see improvements each day. That is what it's, it's about. So, you know, I encourage you all just to continue to strive for greatness as dads. Um, I salute you, even those that the ones that are having to deal with some some stress and other things uh, because of the relationship with the children's mo- with your child's mother or children's mother, whatever the case may be. Um, this isn't about blame and get to the place where it's not about blame. It's about doing what's right for the children. And I just pray that that we all continue to grow and get stronger and know that there is support out there. You know, um, and and it's okay to talk about these things with other with other fellas. It's okay to have those conversations because, at some point or another, we all have those things. We all have things that we've got to be that we are vulnerable about, and we can't talk to the women in our life about it because we need to have that with other men. Iron sharpens iron. So again, I thank you all for listening to this episode. Um, I'm so grateful for having all of you as part of this community. Uh, please keep checking our website. Um, check out our Patreon site. Uh, the information is in the description. If you want to be a patron to, to the uh, Airflow podcast, I, I would greatly appreciate that as I continue to grow and build up, um, build up the community and, and to be able to do some, continue to do some more cool stuff. But I look forward to talking to you all in the next episode. And as always, just remember, as an heir, you are created to flow. So flow on.